Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. As we start this new year, it is breakthrough. I want to talk about breakthrough. And what is a breakthrough? A breakthrough is, is, is something that's going on in your life that you can't do anything about. You can't bring any change. There's nothing that you can do. But then you, you know, but it is that point to where all of a sudden something in that situation changes in your favor. It's sort of like a breakthrough. Like, you know, we have medical breakthroughs. Uh, you know, we have all kinds of breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs, technology breakthroughs. And I'm believing that God's going to give you a spiritual breakthrough. That something's going to break, something's going to change in your favor. And we believe that God's going to do that. So that's the title of today is Seeking God for a Breakthrough. Now, uh, this morning as we do this, I want to go ahead and give you something, uh, what I have called uh, this equation that I think will help us get on the right track for this breakthrough. So look at it with me. It's coming up on the screen. Would you read these with me? Let's read them out loud. You ready? Come on. Choices plus habits plus time equal my life. Okay. Choices, choices plus habits plus time equal my life. So basically, you know, uh, you make your choices, but in the end, your choices make you. And so, so we have to get out of this choice thing right now. Let me just tell you something. Uh, a couple years ago, when that show was on Biggest Loser, uh, Julian Michaels made a statement, and she said this. She said, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. That sort of hurt my feelings when she said that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to eat this chocolate cake, but then I'll just go run, you know. Uh, she said, you can't out-exercise a bad diet, but this is what I would tell you. Listen, you cannot out-pray a life that's filled with bad choices every day. When your daily choices are bad, you can't outpray that because how many times something happens in our life, we pray, oh, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. You know, let me tell you, let me give you an example of that. Back about two or three years ago, I, would, I was beginning, to, I was having anxiety, you know, just bad anxiety, just stressed and tense. My blood pressure was raised and, uh, you know, I was just going there and I would pray, God, give me, God, I need peace. I just ask you to give me peace in my mind. And you know what? God could not answer that prayer until I made some better choices. You know what I had to do? I had to turn off all the news that I was listening to and talk radio. All of that stuff that kept my juices flowing all the time. I had to turn that stuff off. And guess what? As soon as I turned that stuff off, guess what? I began to have more peace. So what I'm telling you is like, I could pray all day, God, give me peace, give me peace. But as long as I was putting that junk in me all the time, I mean, overloading on that stuff, I could never have peace. Are you, are you tracking with me now? Okay, here's the question I want to ask you. What are you doing right now in your life? What are you doing right now in your life if you stopped it? 
would make your life better? What is it? Because until you answer that question, maybe, maybe you're praying about something that you actually can do something about yourself. Like me, I had to do that. And so I want, to, I want you to figure that out because here's the next uh, screen I have. Look what it says. Let's read this 2018 line. Let's read it out loud together. Come on, you ready? Let's read. You ready? 2018 is my time to... Come on, let, let's say it like you're awake. You ready? Come on. 2018 is my time to act. It's your, it is your time to act. It's your time. Now, let me give you the acrostic for act, okay? Because this is, you're going to hear a lot about this this year. As I was praying for our church and for you this year, this is what God put in my heart. You ready? The letter A stands for apply. Would you write that down? Apply. Because it's, it's one thing to hear something, but it's another thing to apply it, right? And so that's when, that's when we were. So we're going to act. We're going to apply. And then we're going to change. That's the letter C. So we're going to change. We're going to apply, and we're going to change. We're going to change. Now here's what I, can I, can I just be honest and tell you something here? Okay, here's what I want you to know. Some things are never going to get better until you get better. I talk to people all the time that's, you know, that, that's dating and, and, and they get disappointed, you know, whether some people are actually, you know, um, going, some people have been through a divorce and trying, you know, going back through the dating process. Some people, you know, are younger going through the dating process. And here's what I, here's what I discovered. They say, you know, they're just not, they're just not these, I keep getting these zeros. And here's what I say. This is, this can seem a little hard, but it's true. Is that, listen, if you're here and you're trying to attract somebody up here, that's never going to happen. You know what? You might get someone here or you might get someone here. But you're never going to get someone. So what do you do? If you want better, you've got to become better, and then you attract better. Does that make sense to you? You see, you begin to attract what you are. And so the first question is, is that how do I need to change? So what I would say is that, you know what, in whatever area you want to change, you just write down what you want in a person and what you like, and then you become that. And once you become that, then you will attract that. There you go. There you go. Some of you hooked it. Right now, you're getting it hooked up. Right now, that's it. You're done. That's right. I see all these high school students writing this down. Okay, let me see about this here. Yeah, you write it down. I mean, it's just true. So become what you want to attract, right? Become what you want. Quit complaining about what you don't have and become what you want. Expect better. You know, some of you got bad in your lives because you're accepting bad. You know, when you quit accepting it, you'll quit having it. When you quit expecting it, you'll quit having it. Wow, I didn't say all this in the other services. You just bring out the best in me. Okay, so the letter T is teach, all right? Teach. So this is what God has called us to do is to apply, change, and teach. Because once you've been through something, and once you've understand it, and you have understanding, and once you're practicing it, then you want your, it's your responsibility to share it with somebody else to help their life get better. So we're going to act. We're going we're gonna to apply. We're going to change the team. That's why, like, financial peace with me. Rhonda and I are advocates for that. You know, you can live broke if you want to, but you don't have to. You know what? You can sign up for financial peace. We'll be doing it again in February. You say, well, I've been through it once. Well, are you doing it? No. Well, go through it again. Well, I've been through it three times. Are you doing it? No. Then do it again. Right? You keep doing it until you get, you don't quit. You get better. And that's what we believe God is going to, because 2018 is my time to what? Act. Okay, let's say it together. You ready? We forgot it. Ready? 2018 is my time to act. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you the spiritual side of this. Now, here, here comes the God factor. 
The spiritual side of this, how do I begin to, to act? How do I begin to change? How do I begin to apply? How do I begin to teach? How does all that work? Well, here it is. I'm going to give you some principles now, habits that you can develop that will begin. Remember we said choices plus behavior over time, or choices plus habits over time equals my life. So here's how you change it. Number one, you ready? The first breakthrough habit is this. Number one is exchange my worry for worship. That is the first one. That is number one. Uno, number one. That's why God had it in the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods before me. That's what he said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Jesus said in a great commandment. Okay, and here's what I want you to look. We're looking at this verse in Philippians 4. It's four, uh, 6 through 8. It's two, three verses. And look what it says. In Philippians 4 and 6, let's read it. It's not long. Let's read it out loud. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. That's right. Because worry, you know what worry is? Worry is focusing on my fear. What is worship? Worship is focusing on God. That is the difference. And my friend, if you can worry, then you can worship. Did you hear that? It's just changing your focus on the God. Let me say this. When we choose to worry, we're acting like there is no God. We're living just like a, a person that is an atheist. You know, we're practicing atheism. Basically, when we, when we worry all the time, then we are practicing that. So we're living like there's no God. And every one of us struggle with that. Every one of us. So, as a matter of fact, I would say do not worry is the hardest command to keep, to be honest with you. And so, look at the next verse. Romans 6 and uh, 8 and 6, that is. Look, it says, thinking that is controlled by the what? Sinful self. Okay, now what, let me explain that to you. What is sinful self? Sinful self is the way that you think without God. Okay, if you take God out of the equation and you just leave it up to you, then that's, that's going to be your sinful self. Let, let me show you an example how that works, okay? Sinful self is this, is that you, you have it, I have it, because, you know, when you, when you let's say we're, driving, we're going to put a little nail in the wall, and we have the hammer here, and we drag back to hit the nail, and we hit our thumb, okay? The first thought that comes to your mind and the first word that comes to your mind probably is not, oh, hallelujah. Jeez, oh, Jesus, she's so good. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's not the first thought, is it? No, there was another word that come to mind, right? That you can't, it's not appropriate to say in church, is it? Right? And what I'm saying, and, and listen, look, I'm your pastor, okay, I'm your pastor, and I want to tell you that, that word that you thought about you shouldn't say is the word that comes to my mind, too. Uh, okay, I don't say it, but I, it, it, that's the first word that pops up. I'm like, oh, then Jesus, Jesus, you know. <laughs> so, what I, so that sinful self, it's still there. I, I have to understand. And look what the Bible says sinful self is. It says, sinful self, there is what? Death. See that death. But look at the next one. But thinking, notice that's the word thinking, but thinking that is controlled by the what? The spirit. Now, let's read these next five words out loud. You ready? Come on. There is life and peace. So here's the deal. Jesus is saying, or the, the writer here is saying, God's word is saying, is that you get to choose. Your thinking will determine whether you have death or you have life and peace. You get to choose. What is spirit thinking? Spirit thinking is this. It's saying that, okay, in every situation, I, I'm going to say, okay, God, where are you in this? I'm going to have a God thought. I don't understand what's going on right now, but God, you're in this. Lord, I need you here. I trust you for this, and so forth. It's keeping your mind on God, okay? And so, worry is continually thinking about our fears, but again, worship is continually thinking about God. So how do you do that? 
One of the, the so a couple of methods is, is like, you know, today you come to church. So the first thing coming to church is putting your mind back on God. So that's a form of worship, right? Because that's what worship is, is thinking about God, right? Now, here we go. Prayer is another form of worship. Uh, praise is another form of worship. And another form of worship that I want to talk to you about this morning is fasting. Fasting is a form of worship. You know what fasting is all about? When you give up some food that you like for a period of time, what that's designed to do is that whenever you have that desire to get that food and you want it and you say, no, I'm not going to do it, that desire reminds you that you're, oh, I can't have that. And when you think I can't have that, oh, the reason I can't have it is because I want to think about God. And so it reminds you to pray. That's what fasting is all about. Prayer and fasting go together. It reminds you to pray. And so that's what the goal is, is remind you of that. So here's what I want to tell you. Starting tomorrow here at SEC, our family, our SEC family, is fasting for 21 days. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to do it with us. I'm asking you to give up something that you desire. You know, like, don't make it too simple. Like, you know, well, I'm not going to eat a chocolate chip cookie for 21 days. Give me a break. Why, why would I want you to do this? Because, listen, every one of you sitting here, have a, you need a breakthrough. And what that's reminding you to do is to pray about your breakthrough. God, pray, pray about your breakthrough. This is what I need, God. Let that fasting remind you of that. So giving up something, all right? And so on the back of your connection card, oh, let me, let me do one more verse. Hold on. Isaiah 23, uh, 26 and 3 says this, look. You, talking about God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Let's read the last part. You ready? Whose thoughts are fixed on you. And so here's what, I, here's what we discovered at SEC. This is the way we, we do it around here. Look at this statement coming on the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. Okay, would you just put your hands out like this? Come on. It's going to help you remember that. You ready? Let's say it together. When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. One more time. When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. And my friend, when your mind gets fixed on him, then your stress level is going to go down. You're going to have more peace because you're going to leave things with God. All right? So on the back of your connection card, it says, I will do my best to participate in the 21-day fast, fasting and prayer. And by the way, next Saturday morning, all the Saturdays for, uh, through this fasting, we're going, to be, we're going to be here at 9 o'clock for one hour, 9 to 10 o'clock. We're going to come here and we're going to pray together corporately. And if you, you know, listen, if you want to come in for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, feel free to do. But we're just going to, we're going to believe God for breakthrough. I don't want to encourage you to do it with me. Okay, number two, the second breakthrough habit is this, is pray about everything. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Now, notice what he says. He says this, look, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Now, what's that next word? What is it? Instead, so that means that you're getting, instead of doing this, because you're going to want to do this, but instead of doing that, then you do this. That's what the Bible says. Instead, pray about what? Pray about everything. Why? Because, listen, if it's, worth, if it's worth worrying about, it's worth praying about. When I say about praying about everything, I mean pray about everything. You know, maybe, maybe your kids needs braces and you don't have the money. You pray about that. Maybe, maybe you, you know, maybe your face breaks out. Pray about that, right? You know, maybe, uh, maybe your back goes out. Pray about that. Maybe you got a, a test at school. Pray about that. Study first, but pray about it. 
Okay, I thought I'd throw that out there. Right, I mean, listen, you would be crazy. What, you know, you, you can pray about anything. I'm going to tell you a story I didn't tell anybody else, the other services. You can pray about everything. There was this lady who came to me one time. She said, Pastor, I just want to say thank you for praying for me. I said, oh, great. I, I, didn't, I prayed for her, but I didn't know what I was praying specifically about. She said, I just want to tell you, last week when you prayed for me, God just touched me and did a miracle. I said, oh, really? She said, yes. Yeah. She said, I want you to tell you, my bowels have been locked up for a week, but you prayed for me, and God set me free. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> she did that right in my office. So pray about everything. You lock, you, you locked up. Just pray to God. I don't Listen, it's only here, my friend. It gets real. Uh, look at the next verse. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Let's read the second word out loud. You ready? Give, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So he's saying either you can carry them all yourself or you can give them to God and let him carry them. Look at Psalms 88 and 9. Look what it says. Lord, every day I call to you and, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Lift my hands to you in prayer. And that's what I want to talk to you about a second, is how to use your hands to pray. Uh, have you ever seen, like, this picture coming up here, uh, the praying hands? Have you ever seen, like, that statue? Well, I want to teach you real quickly. I put it inside of your program. I'm just going to read it. But this is what every, when you hold your hands like this, this is how it symbolizes prayer. And I hope you'll use this as a model. So look at it with me. So let's look at the left hand. The left hand tells us who to pray for. So the thumb is friends and family. This is inside your program. The index finger is for teacher and leaders. The tallest finger Okay, the tallest finger is for influence, okay? Not for what you think and what you've been shown. I just want to say that. Okay. All right. Influence and then the ring finger is the weakest finger, so it's for the the sick, the poor, the young, the elderly. And then the, the uh, smallest finger on the left hand is myself. So remember, it reminds you who to pray for. Then the right hand reminds you what to pray for. So the, the thumb is, my, pray for my heart. God, let my heart be good. And then the uh, index finger is priorities and schedules. God, you know, who's going to be first and, and what's going to be first. And then the other one is the tallest finger. Again, it's my influence and my example. And then again, the ring finger is relationships and then the uh, smallest finger is material blessings. Where, you know, areas that you need to be blessed in materially. Pray for those. Ask for them. You have not because you ask not, the scripture says. Some of you are trying to figure out how to pray for, pay for something. And God said, if you, why don't you just pray for it? Let him open up doors for you. It reminded me uh, of a story that I read uh, of a little boy by the name of Andrew. Andrew went to uh, his grandparents' house and they owned a farm. And so Andrew went out there, his, dad, his grandfather was, had a tractor, and so Andrew, he's about 10 years old, so his grandfather invites him up on the tractor with him and says, now Andrew, you, I want you to ride this tractor with me and help me plow these fields. And he said, now Andrew, you're never to get up here without me, but let's go work. So they get out there, and they work in the fields, you know, and, and Andrew's just loving it, 10 years old, driving the tractor, his grand, sitting in his granddad's lap. He's having a great time. And the grandparents, you know, before he goes, they say, Andrew, we just want you. We don't know what we're going to do without you. I mean, how are we going to get all this work done? You're such a great worker. You've helped us so much. And so he goes back home. And, and so when he gets back home, the grandparents again call. Say, Andrew, we miss you so much. We can't get all this farm work done without you. We just miss you so much. And so Andrew, you know, takes all that to heart. And he goes to Sunday school class. 
and he goes the next Sunday and he, he raises his hand when it comes to prayer request time. He says, he says, I have a prayer request. And the, the Sunday school teacher said, what is it, Andrew? He said, we need to pray for my grandparents. They can't make it on their farm without me. We need some, they need some help. He said, I, you know, like he's a guy, you know, they, they can't have, do it without me. He was serious heart attack. You know, I don't know what they're going to do without me. And so, but here's what I like to tell you. Is that many, you know what? Andrew didn't realize that it was only sitting in his grandfather's lap that he was able to do what he did. And that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is all about God inviting you, inviting you to come and sit in my lap a minute. And you just tell me what's going on in your life. And those things that you have your hands on, that, those things that you just have gripped so tightly, he says, I just want to put my hands on the wheel with you and help you begin to steer in your life. That you can begin to steer your life in a little bit diff different direction. I want, to I want to invite you into my lap is what I, I want to do. And that's what prayer is all about. God saying, I'm inviting you into my lap. You know what's amazing about a parent's lap? When my kids were smaller, you know, it just really thrilled me. Like when they were smaller, and then they would come, you know, playing around or whatever. And then they'd come, and maybe I'm sitting uh, in a chair or on the sofa. They would come, and they wanted want to get in my lap. And when they got in my lap, what was so great is when I was holding them, and then they fall asleep. I mean, it was just it was awesome that they fell asleep. But you know what? When they fell asleep, the reason they fell asleep is because they felt in my arms or in Rhonda's arm that they were protected, that nothing was going to hurt them, that they were cared for. And you know what? Some of you have tried praying before and you fell asleep. Anybody ever fell asleep when you tried to pray? Anybody beside me? How'd you, didn't you feel guilty? Like, oh God, I'm so sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Come on. There, there's six of us that admitted that the rest of you are lying, but that's okay. But, you know, I mean, like when you, like I have been, I've been on my knees and like, dear God, and then wake up 15, 20 minutes later, you know, and I got to go somewhere and I got to go, you know. And I felt so guilty, like, oh, God, you're so disappointed in me. But let me tell you something. When I'm sitting there holding my kid and they're asleep in my arms, I'm not feeling disappointment. I'm feeling their heartbeat and watching them breathe and thinking how much I love them because they decided to come and get in my arms. So what I want to tell you is quit feeling so guilty. You go in and you pray. You know what? You just make the effort to pray. And if you fall asleep, that's all right. Now, I'm not telling you to sleep through your whole prayer time all the time. <laughs> but I'm telling you, don't worry about it. Quit worrying about those little things. Can I give you one more thing? One more. Watch this. I've been praying for you this week because I want to help you. Now, how many of you would be honest today and say, you know what, I'm a snooze button person? How many of you admit that? Okay, I'm a snooze. Thank you. You're the most honest service we've had today. I just want to tell you that. And everybody, you know, because I'm not, and I've said, hey, you should do that, but I've, got, I've thought about this. I want to help you. I want to tell you that it's okay. Tomorrow morning, I want you to hit your snooze button. You know, you, you hit that snooze button, but this is what I want you to do differently. Instead of going, how, how long is the snooze button? I mean, how long does that last? Nine minutes? Is that what you said? Okay. So everybody's different. So, so consensus is between eight and ten minutes. So when you hit that button, instead of just rolling over and going, oh, God, oh, God, I got, I got eight more minutes, nine more minutes, ten more, whatever. I want, you to, I want you to try this. 
I want you to try to slide up in the bed, as sleepy as you are, slide up in the bed. And after you, you hit the button, you slide up in the bed, you know you got eight minutes. Why don't you try to put your hands together? And why don't you just begin to say, God, I give you this day. And you can keep that little piece of paper right out of your program right there. And you can even open up your eyes if you want to. You know, I don't know, maybe your spouse is asleep beside you or maybe your brother or sister's in the room. You can't turn the light on or whatever. But you just right there take those eight minutes to start your day with God. Instead of, instead of hitting the button dreading the day, why don't you hit the button and say, no, I'm going to pray. And listen, guess what? If you fall asleep, you've got an alarm going off in about five minutes. Right? You say, well, Pastor Jeff, that, that's, that's not very spiritual. Well, you've got to start somewhere, right? And so it's better than what you've been doing, right? And so, hey, I'm going to do better. And we said our choices, remember? Our choices plus our habits over time equal my life. And so we've got to start somewhere. So tomorrow morning, baby, is your turn. You hit that snooze button, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and say, Now pray! <laughs> You're going to go... Oh, God, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for all this, and Jesus, Jesus. Uh-uh. Oh, Lord, yes, amen. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your stories. I just cannot wait to hear them. You've got to tell me, all right, how this is going. Okay, so, so start there. Now, here's what I want to ask. Here's the next step. Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to use my hands in prayer three times a day. What that means is, is a reminder. Just put your hands together and just remind you to pray. It's very simple. You can do it. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something else? Watch this. You know the thing about a simple thing? Something that's simple to do is very simple not to do. Something that's, so, something that's simple to do is simple not to do. And so, listen, you have to choose to do the simple. Just do the simple, and you'll get great results. Okay, number three is this. The third breakthrough habit is this, is thank God in everything. Thank God in everything. That's the key word, in everything. Again, going back to our passage in Philippians 4, 6, it says this. Tell God what you need, and let's read the rest of it. You ready? Come on. Thank Him for all He has done. And so, I want to tell you, one of the choices we have to make is that we have to choose the right attitude. It's the attitude of gratitude. Matter of fact, I have this statement coming up on the screen. Would you read this with me? Let's read it together. Ready? Gratitude is the breakthrough attitude. You will never have change in your life for something that you're not thankful for. The change in your relationships begins when you become to be grateful for it. Can I give you a tip? Maybe you're struggling with a parent, a child, a spouse, or neighbor. Why don't you just get you a piece of paper, get you a little notebook, and why don't you every day just write the things that you do like about them? I guarantee you about day number 15, all of a sudden your attitude will begin to change. Maybe you hate your job. Maybe every day is negative about your job. Why don't you just get you a piece of paper out and begin to write the things that you do like about it? And it's amazing how you begin to focus on those things. It'll begin to change your heart. You know, Proverbs 12, 14 is like our verse this year. And what it says, it says, you know what? It says, from the fruit of people's lips come good things. In other words, when you keep talking good about it, good things happen. But the opposite is true as well. So why don't we do that? All right, look at the next verse with me. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says this. He says, always be joyful and never stop what? And you pray about everything, right? Everything. And then he goes on to say this. Be thankful. What's those next two words? In all. In all. In all. Not for all, but in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 
So what I want to tell you is this, is that, listen, you never thank God for bad things. You thank God in bad times. Like, listen, some of you have been through a divorce and going through it now. You don't go, oh, God, thank you for this divorce. Thank you my heart's ripped out, been thrown on the floor and stomped on. And God, thank you that I get to be cheated on and treated this way. No. No, what you say in that moment is you say, God, this hurts so bad. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but God, I'm going to trust you. I know in this pain, God, you can help me, and I've got to have your help. I know you. God, I thank you that you're with me, even though it feels so horrible. See what I'm talking about? It's a difference that you don't thank God for the bad things. You thank him in the bad times. Because I can tell you this, listen. Bad, listen, because bad things happen to you doesn't change who God is. Did you hear that? When bad things happen to you, we think, okay, well, God's not good anymore. He doesn't like me anymore. No, 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 no. Listen, Ron and I have been through some stuff. And I can tell you, listen, it never changed who God was. But guess what? Going through that stuff changed who we were. And that's who needed to change. And so today I want to challenge you with that. I want to challenge you. Okay, let's look at the, the fourth one. The fourth breakthrough habit is this. is stay focused on true things. True things. This one is like, wow. Look, verse number eight, he says, what's that first word? Let's shout it out. That first word, shout it out. Let's do it again. What? Fix. fix. So that means you got to do something, right? Fix. There's that word, fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and, and admirable. Now, let's read these last three words, or these three words that's underlined. Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Think about these things. You got to think about these things, Okay that are excellent and are worthy of praise. Now, here's, here's what I want you to know. Our world is full of lies. Would you agree with that? There's lies all the time. Lies coming in all, all over. You know, we don't know who to believe anymore. And matter of fact, matter of, we lie to ourselves more than anybody else lies to us. I mean, there's sometimes I lie to myself. Sometimes things are, sometimes things are going bad and I'm going... Man, this is just so horrible. You know what? And it's not as bad as I told myself. You ever been there? Like, I mean, it was bad, but I just keep, oh, this is horrible. So I tell myself it's worse than it is. And then there's sometimes that things are going good. You know, I think things are good. I go, boy, this is great. And it's really not as good as I think it is. And so I've lied to myself. You've lied to yourself about things. But the world lies to you. You know, they, the world advertises to us all the time, telling us that they're going to make our world, our, our lives great if we just do this. Do you know one time I saw an advertisement about a golf club? And I, I was promised that if I bought this golf club, that I'd be able to hit the golf ball straight down that fairway every time. Oh, you need this, this blah, 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 X club here, and you just hit the ball right down the fairway. You know what? I bought the club. You know what I bought? A lie. It wasn't a club, it was a clubber, <laughs> you know. It was me. I had the problem. And so what I'm saying is that the world constantly is telling you something all the time, and we don't know the truth. And Jesus said, hey, this is, you got to have the truth. you got to fix your mind on true things. So look what the Bible says. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said, if you continue in my what? Then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the, and the truth shall make you, the truth will make you free. The only thing that will set you free is truth. 
I've got to ask you a very important question because in order for your life to get better, in order for you to have a breakthrough, you've got to determine this. What's going to be your truth? Whose words are you going to build your life on this year? Whose words are you going to trust? Are you going to trust... Are you going to trust some talk show host? Are you, are you going to trust some author, some actor, some sports person? Who are you going to trust? Whose words? And my friend, I'm going to tell you, when it comes down to my life, I found this out. The only words that I can trust 100% on is God's words. I like you a lot. I like you. I love, matter of fact, I love you. I'll be honest. I love you people. I do. That's just the way it is. Whether you like it or not, I love you. But let me tell you something. When it comes down between your word and God's word, he wins. That, that lady I'm married to, Rhonda, we've been married for 30 years. Oh, I love her. Oh, my goodness. I love her more than the air that I'm breathing right now. Sometimes I tell her, I say, honey, if, if love was helium, you'd fly away. I know, you just got to be corny, that's all, you know. That's how we made it 30 years, just corny. Watch this. When it comes to her word and God's word, it's God's word. I believe this so much that tonight when I pillow my head, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to be in peace. If tonight, I, if tonight God decides that I, that I leave this world, I have a massive heart attack, I don't know, whatever. If tonight that happens, I have based everything in my life on this book, and I am believing that I'm going to go to sleep in peace because I'm not questioning this book. I believe that when that happens, that I'm going to open up my eyes, and I'll be in heaven with Almighty God because I have based my life on this word. Now, I want to ask you a question. What are you basing your life on? More than that, what are you basing your eternity on? You say, I don't believe that Bible. Well, what do you believe? What, what, what about eternity? I mean, it's, it's going to happen. And so you have to answer that question. And when you do, you get life. And that's what Jesus wants you to have. And so today, inside of our program, there's a prayer to become a Christ follower. Today is the day that maybe you make that decision. And I challenge you just to... If you pray that prayer, just check it on the back of our connection card. It said, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. There's one more thing I want to tell you. I want to give you something. We have a journal that we have prepared. This is, journal is not written by uh, a bunch of professionals. It's written by a majority of our impact team here at the church. That's volunteers, people sitting around you. Have written a prayer journal. It's 21 days. I want you to read this for 21 days every day. Just break it out. It takes you two minutes to read it. And I'm asking you to take this journey over the next 21 days of breakthrough with us. Would you stand? Let me pray with you. Twenty eighteen is my time to act. Listen. I've spent time praying about you. And for you. And here's what here's what I here's what I, I'm struggling with right now, and I've struggled all week. Here it is. I know what God wants to do for you. I really do. 
I know that this is your year that he wants to tear down some walls that have been built up. I know this is a year that he wants to open up new opportunities in your life. This is your year of breakthrough. But here's the deal. I want to teach you. But I cannot do it for you. I can't make your choices for you. I can't, I can't make you do any of that. I can't do that for you. So today I'm asking you, will you just ask God to do, help you do what only you can do? And that is make daily choices habitually over time and watch your life change. Let me pray for you. Father, right now in the name of your son Jesus, I thank you for these beautiful people that I love and that you love. And God, today, Lord, we want to we ask you to be in every choice that we make. Every choice. God, that we might be the best that we can be for you. And Lord, forgive us for the bad choices that we made in our past. Lord, that's over and done with. But God, our daily choices, let us choose to do what you want us to do, that we might be, Lord, who we desire to be, free people. God, that we might live a life of truth. Father, that we can apply and that we can change and we can teach our children and grandchildren, our friends, our co-workers, oh God, and everyone around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.